The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. The House Show. For over one year, the revolutionary force in retro sports entertainment podcasts. This one goes out to all the gorgeous ladies. The Retro Network, The House Show Podcast, and Fabergé Organics Shampoo proudly presents to you this detour on the path through the decade of decadence. As we turn the house show into the house glow. Now let's welcome to the stage your trio's tag team champions. The mass library, Kevin Helliens. The educator of excellence and sweet Maddie Treats. Now strap on your spandex glittering thongs because there ain't no business like glow business. Welcome everyone to another edition of the House Glow. No, it wouldn't be another edition then, would it? The first edition, first edition of the House Glow. The mid-season premiere. So this is your host, as always, Mr. Maddie Treats, and I am joined by my trio's tag team partners. Uh, you just heard this man's voice. He's the man to my right, Mr. Educator. Educator, how's, how's it going? What a pivot we are making. Boy, oh boy, the action we are going to discuss today. A little bit different from Saturday night's main event. Lots of entertainment to kind of dig through here. Going to be some interesting chatter, I believe. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know what to say, guys. Um, <laughs> let me introduce the man to my left, Mister Kevin Hellions, the Master Library. Kevin, how are you? I am doing well. Uh, treats, I gotta say. You know, you talk about your trips to Vegas beforehand. I am both proud and impressed that you were able to secure a location for us to record this podcast live at the Rivera. Uh, okay, so a couple things, Kevin. <laughs> it's the Riviera. All right. There's, and, there's a lot of hair blocking the full sign. And that place has been torn down years long, ago. Long since torn down. Are we in the rubble? Is, I, I don't know. Is that a character we haven't been introduced to yet on the show? We, we, may, we may get introduced to it. Um, I'm also very disappointed in both of you guys for not wrapping your interests. Oh, I figured that uh, when we were done with this, we were recording a new opening for the show. Figured you had new music for uh, the background for it, and we we're going to wrap over it. I have nothing yet. No. Oh, it's oh not all right. Happening. All right. I'll send you a clip then. I got, My name I... is Educator, and I'm here to say. <laughs> that's that's already too good. I've torn a right quad and an ACL today. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, I'm just thinking though that previously in our watching of wrestling, SAT has stood for Spanish announce table. It now stands for splashes and thongs. Pretty much, yeah, splashes and thongs. Right. Well, what, a, right. what a, Let's get right into it. No, let's not get right into it. Um, there is something I do want to bring up. I totally forgot about. Uh, so we're recording this on Sunday. Of course, this episode goes up on Thursday, just to give everyone kind of a timeline here. Uh, Kevin, over last week, there was a photo circulating on the interwebs. 
about an old wrestler who now looks like Santa Claus. Kevin, do you know what I'm talking about? I, I'm aware of what you're talking about. Yes. So, of course, the photo came out of the Honky Tonk Man posted it. And he looks like Santa Claus now. I think he still looks like the Honky Tonk Man, just older. Just older, yeah. Like, That's you true. could dye his hair, shave the beard, and it's honky. With that classic look. Now, that's not the reason I'm bringing it up. My reasoning is the educator. So, uh, one thing I've just realized is educator obviously doesn't have the socials. Does not have social media. Right. <laughs> that Honky Tonk Man photo came out what, when, Kevin? Wednesday? Uh, it went on, on, on his own Twitter account. On his own Twitter account? How long ago? A couple days. A couple days, right? So last night, we get a text message from the educator. <laughs> like, guess who this is, guys? <laughs> like, you are 36 to 48 hours behind the rest of the world. <laughs> running behind. And the only reason why I even, like, thought about it is because I was listening to a podcast yesterday uh, that was taped. And, uh, yeah, you know, I was like, hey, there's this crazy photo. And, man, you look at him, and it kind of looks familiar. And, but yeah, it was uh, Bischoff's 83 Weeks podcast, and uh, yeah, it's crazy. I just found it was funny where all of a sudden it was like, hey guys, you see this photo? I'm like, yeah, I saw it on Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday, <laughs> when it came out. Oh, I'm sorry. All right, now that is not how I thought you got the photo. My guess was some wrestling site that has random freelance writers digging for articles had nothing and just went with that just to have like one article up that hour. Sometimes you can tell when they're getting desperate for a post because they'll take something, a quick photo like that and make it a 500 word post. That was my guess. I also got to say, we've talked before about Honky Tuck Man doing his comedy tour and Treatsy mentioned that your dad was there for it. I think he looks better in that picture than he looked a couple years back on that comedy tour. I think just going gray and letting the beard grow makes him look better than trying to keep the honky-tonk look going. Right. I thought he looked all right Hall of Fame a few years back. When he was all up in his gimmick and whatnot. I think he just looks like he's got quarantine beard. He looks like Kevin yeah. did like a year ago. Exactly. That's all that it is. I had nothing better to do while I was home than shake right on the roll. There it is. Yeah, so, uh, but no, I just wanted to bring that up. So, of course, we are doing uh, the House Glow um, season. It's got to be season four. The They won't let me do a 3.5. So this is technically season four sandwiched in between season three. We are, I guess this is now the Inception of Podcasts. I don't know how you work that, but. So there, we'll do season three, part one, season three, part two. Uh, this kind of reminds me of many, many years ago when Image Comics first started out. Uh, one of the lines decided to release issue 25 a year ahead of time and say, this is where we're going to be in a year and then go back to like issue 12 or 13 and work forward. The funny thing was some of those comics never made it to issue 25, though. So you had like issue 15, big gap, 25. They're out of nowhere. No explanation. So are you foreshadowing our future as a podcast? Um, As long as Rob Liefeld doesn't join the show, I think we'll be all right. I, I don't get that reference, but cool. <laughs> Educator, do you understand that one? No. I'm yeah, that, that, joke's for, that joke's for Joe. So <laughs> I don't know. 
Uh, all right, so why don't we get right into Glow, episode one of, is it season three? Did we figure that out? It's technically season three. Yeah, yeah even so. though Even though Pluto and 2B have it. As season one, one, right? Yeah, because it's the one season they have. But you can see uh, as it starts, they're recapping what happened last season. Right. They are. It's Nanachka's Reign, episode one. Uh, so I, we get started off in the... Kevin, are you excited for this? We're in the Glow Females locker room. I expected more. Um, I wasn't quite sure what time of day Glow always aired or on what channel. So I wasn't sure what we were getting away with here. I will have to say we're getting away with a lot more than I thought, though. This was usually like a weekend noon syndicated show, I believe. Yeah, it was like on WPIX when I remember watching, you know, bits and pieces of this growing up. That and roller games and oh, yeah. We will bring this up because um, I'm just going to ask this throughout the show. Who's the audience they're going for? I'm so confused because you see the live show which is one in Vegas at a Vegas show. And there's kids everywhere, right? But the the material is very suggestive. It's got to be the 18 to 34-year-old male demographic. Like, I'm, I'm just confused by it. Yeah. I think it's both. I think it's kids, and especially in the 80s, love wrestling. It's the superhero thing. These are cartoony characters that, you know, are just going out there, hugging the fans, taking pictures, <clears throat> stuff like that. But absolutely, you have the male demographic as well. If anything, I think you might have like a early teenager, not so much a little kid, but, you know, going into teen um, with sarcasm, bad jokes and all. Because some of these skits, like the opening with the locker room here, I thought I was watching an episode of You Can't Do That on television. Right. Exactly. I was just waiting for someone to say, I don't know, and the slime coming down. <laughs> Slime, bucket, by the way, I think bucket it's... bucket of water or whatever, yeah. Yeah, Slime, by the way, I think is Grimlina's tag team partner. Did you um, write down your best dad joke of the week, Kevin? I, I wrote down my most offensive one we'll talk about in this episode. All right. I want that to be a new segment for you. Uh, Kevin Hellions is dad joke of the week. All right. Yeah. And you pick out your favorite one-liner or zinger from it. All right, not, not one that I myself make. No, it has to be made on the show. Uh, so anyways, in the Glow Rock Room, Johnny C is now the new Glow manager. He has taken over, um, and it's kind of a reset, I think, for the for the Glow brand, I guess. Uh, then we see some highlights. We see what happened on the last, uh, last um, season. Um, then we get Babe, the farmer's daughter, doing a shampoo commercial. Uh, Kevin, mm-hmm. do you use Fabergé Organics? I think I should have because I've had certain hair issues. And if I use Fabergé and I was a heel, I would claim how much it makes my hair thicker, thicker, thicker and fuller. Wait, you mean you're not into body, body, <laughs> body and bounce? Depends on the body, depends on the bounce, I guess. Come on. I mean, it's got B5 in it, man. You should have been all over that. True, and it looks like uh, Fabergé was owned or under the same company as Brute Cologne too. Yeah, yeah. Which I I remember. Yeah, I like how, wait, wait, wait. I just thought like educators like yeah, everyone knows that. Yeah, I mean, if you looked at the ring, they were advertising it. It's right there. I just I didn't even know Fabergé made shampoo. I'm familiar with their eggs, but that was it. Yeah, it was just it was something. All right, so next up we get Tiffany Mellon's oh. Glow Gossip. 
Tiffany Melons. All right. I'm just waiting for I have my finger on <laughs> yeah. the bleep button at any time, Kevin. So okay. just so you know, because I know, educator, over under, how many times are we going to have to bleep Kevin out or edit him? There's, there's, uh, uh, I'm going to go with at least a solid eight. Wow. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> beep. I, I put this disclaimer before an at hot's homework before, but I don't know that I've done this on, on this show. I, and I believe you guys as well are commenting on the show that is put in front of us and the characters portrayed. Nothing said is about any of these women for who they are in real life. Nothing against them. If anyone's been canceled or if anyone's had a hard time or if anyone was trying their best or something was going on behind the scenes, I don't know. We are only commenting on the characters. That said. <laughs> I mean, in the end, I mean, somebody's writing this and they're, yeah. paid, they're paid actresses in the end. Yeah, we're, it is only on the performance. Nothing against right. the people behind exactly. the scenes. Nothing at all. So that said, though, clearly Tiffany Mellon is a porn star gimmick, right? No, she's like, you know, she disses all the dirt and the gossip, man. Come on. She's the mean gene hotline. Exactly. Chloe. Her last name is Mellon. <laughs> yeah. And they are on display. She wasn't. I mean, that's her birth name. And she purposely has a very chesty laugh giggle to her. They're they're very they're playing it up. That's for sure. I mean, she I I'm going to show way too much knowledge here, but she has the look of stars that were popular at the time as well. (laughs) What do you mean? Elaborate. Who was popular at the time? Uh, Sika was very big name at the time. No, 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 no. Not the one that faced Hulk Hogan on the last episode. Different Sika. Should I Google? Yeah, sure. I don't know, Kevin. Um, you you sound one very worried to talk about this. Like Elise is listening over your shoulder or something. Not as far as I know. So uh, we get the glow rap intro, and then we get right into match number one, which is Tiffany Mellon taking on Godiva. Um, educator, what do you think of the first match of the Glow uh, series? Well, this is certainly where the sports entertainment of professional wrestling has certainly come into play. Uh, Vince McMahon's got nothing on the uh, the characters that we are going to be seeing in, in these matches. Interesting back and forth match between uh, Miss Mellon and Miss Godiva on her horse. Um, lots of botches, but lots of fun, fun stuff as well. What are you gonna do? I I think, especially as soon as Godiva came down, they missed out an opportunity of having some sort of Shira or Gem action figure line based on the Glow wrestlers coming with the outfits, some hair to brush. Maybe a, a wrestling ring castle for them to play in. So I, I'm going to just, I got two, a couple questions for you guys. So number one is I have the perfect female wrestler now who would be great in glow. Like would be a superstar in glow. Okay. I want you guys, we'll get back to that. I want you guys to think about it. Like a female in uh, wrestling today that's popular, that would be better in glow. Okay. Okay. All right. Not right now. We'll, I'm we'll already look at, there. 
<laughs> we'll look. We'll look at it All coming. Right. Do you already have one? I think I. Yeah. Yeah, one or two. All right. Uh, so, so let me just go, educator. Who do you think a female um, wrestler, female superstar now would be great at Glow or in Glow? Lana. Lana. Yeah. Okay. Um, Kevin, who do you think? Uh, Natalia or Dana Brooke? Uh, you guys are both wrong. You know who would be great in Glow? Me. <laughs> no. Sorry, Kevin. Not oh, a joke. Yeah. Uh, Billy Kay would be fantastic. Oh. Yeah, she would be. That's a good call. one. Yeah. When I was watching this, and I'm thinking to myself, Billy Kay's act is almost like a glow. She's very good at characters, comedy, like in the ring, not as good, but like she would fit in perfect, I think, um, here. So I, I just th- I just thought of that. It'd be a glow up, as the kids call it. Her references are going to be brutal this season, Kevin. They're going to yes. be brutal this season. They're going to be brutal. Provided by Fabergé. Did you have your shampoo commercial ready? Oh, I, you might have to censor that one when I send it to you. All right. All right. So anyways, yeah, why don't we get I've right got, into it? I've Educator. <laughs> are you, okay. Educator, <laughs> why don't you get right into it? Why don't you break down Tiffany Mellon versus Godiva? Well, we see it at the start of the match. Tiffany is kind of mocking Godiva as the horse is being let out of the ring. We see uh, Tiffany on the microphone getting all mad, you know, disappointed that Godiva's leaving. Godiva's going out, you know, saying that the horse's back is Godiva itself. She turns around and, oh, no, there's the real Godiva in the ring. We see a lockup at the start of the match, and the girls push away from each other after locking up two times. We see Godiva with a kick in the abdomen and a hip toss to Tiffany Mellon. Godiva does an Irish whip and a drop toe hold to take Tiffany Mellon down to the canvas. We see Godiva with essentially a head scissors and is using her legs to slam Tiffany Mellon's head into the canvas multiple times. Eventually, Tiffany Mellon battles back and ends up hitting two splashes and attempts two separate pinfall attempts, but only gets a two count from the referee. Godiva eventually uh, battles back and ends up hitting the ropes and does a splash attempt of her own, but the diving splash ends up being a complete miss as Tiffany Allen rolls out of the way. Tiffany Mellon does a running drop kick uh, that ends up really hitting on the thighs and the knees to Godiva. Does a couple of stomps as Godiva is down on the canvas. Tiffany Mellon picks up Godiva, does an Irish whip, but Godiva ends up catching Tiffany Mellon with a slam, uh, scoop slam attempt, and places her on the top turnbuckle and then begins to parade around the ring. Godiva parading around to the crowd as Tiffany Mellon decides to do basically a front flip senton to get herself squared back into the center of the ring. Godiva, not impressed, hits a running drop kick to knock Tiffany Mellon down. A couple of stomps uh, to Tiffany Mellon into the corner. We see Godiva basically choking Tiffany Mellon in the corner as the referee counts multiple times to lead up to a break. On the floor, both ladies end up trading head slams into the uh, into the uh, edge of the canvas. Tiffany Mellon sends Godiva back into the ring. Tiffany Mellon climbs off to the top, up to the top rope, and does a high cross body. Ends up only getting a two count from the referee. Tiffany Mellon ends up setting sending Godiva into the ropes, but Godiva bounds back with a high cross body and a one two three pinfall victory. Godiva over Tiffany Allen or Tiffany Mellon. All right, one, I'm already impressed with the breakdown. I honestly had trouble. That's how we do it professionally here, man. This is what the educator is <laughs> all about. All about the science of the professional wrestling. A pro's pro, if you will. So 
I think you're shortchanging some of the innovative moves here. One, that finish was not a crossbody because Godiva comes off the ropes and seemingly pauses in midair before finally connecting with that crossbody. So I think it's kind of like a Matrix move. There was also a beta test version of a Bronco Buster earlier in the match. Um, let's go ahead, first match here. Let's talk about the setup. We have a ring apron that comes up to the knees of the the women, and then ropes that are about waist high for them. And most of these women are probably five three, five six, maybe. You know, they're not like a whole lot of tall women. But they're stepping over the top with ease. The turnbuckles look loose. I get scared anytime someone's on a turnbuckle or a rope that something bad's going to happen. Now, Educator, I know you and I used to buy wrestling magazines a lot. The treats, uh, I know you would get like the WWE ones and some of the special ones, but not necessarily Pro Wrestling Illustrated or like lower down Wrestling News World, you know, lower ones and all. But there used to be ads for a little thing called apartment wrestling in them. Yes, they were. This is apartment wrestling with a crowd. It is absolutely what it is. Like, just let's showcase them. Godiva's outfit alone. I'm thinking, all right, like she's covered, but it barely, even with, you know, strategically placed things. Yeah. I'm waiting for a censorship. Uh, I think it was the second episode. There's a weird edit. I was like, something happened here. There's there's definitely uh, wardrobe malfunction edits, I believe, along the way on the show. Uh, it's also the repeated splashes again and again and again. I wonder how much training they had at all here. It's like it's like the girls they just have like the six moves of doom and that's it. Yeah, go out there. You're more about the character, you know. Right. Do you're right. Here's six moves that if you can do enough to not get hurt, I guess we'll send you out there. Because really, it, it is more about the character and getting the story over than having a five star classic here, by any means. But I'm just, I'm already nervous for everyone in there. I'm fully expecting to see an injury at some point while we're watching this from one if that multiple women uh tiffany like no i can't even say i can't even say they both did well (laughs) i can't pretend to say i think the thing kevin is we're you know you're bringing up the training and stuff i mean these girls have minimal training um and they're just trying their best to entertain the crowd i mean that's what that's what you got to look at you can't look at it from a wrestling standpoint because it's not going to be the wrestling that we are used to, um, especially now. I mean, to to think if you showed this match and then you showed uh, the Britt Baker Thunder Rosa or Sasha versus Bailey, I mean, it's you, you, they're they're in a different world. I mean, they really are. So, uh, you know, the girls are out there. It looks like they're having fun and uh, they're trying. I mean, this this is a Vegas entertainment like it's a you know it's a vegas strip show it's what it is it's an entertainment instead of there a state being a stage and people are in the balcony and seats there's just it's a wrestling ring in the middle this is all that it is i i will say and it's not this match but i do i have seen some people 
that seemed to have a bit more wrestling skill taken to, you know, seem a bit more natural in the ring, maybe have some potential there or their charisma with interviews or the camera, whatever is fantastic. Not either of these women, but there is, there are some that I wonder if you did have a national group, pick them up and actually train them and do something with them could have been something. Well, I mean, at this point in the the late '80s here, I mean, women's wrestling isn't exactly in America burning up the true, true. You know, burn, burning up the charts here. But um, yeah, you know, it's funny you bring up the fact that it's a Vegas strip show educator, but there's so many children in the crowd. It's crazy. Well, I mean, for what for what little crowd there was, at least on the first episode, second episode that we're going to be looking at later today, it was a lot more filled in. I'm curious if it was supposed to be adults only and the crowds weren't there. So then they started letting kids in Uh, because once again, who's the target audience here? I I feel like if they would have leaned into one way or the other more, it would have been more beneficial for them as a complete show. Right. But have either um, of you ever watched hee haw as well? My parents have. Yeah. Hee haw with the, with the um, laugh tracks and, and the jokes and stuff like that. Yeah, and I, I have recollections of other people watching it when I was a kid and not old enough to turn the channel and, you know, it wasn't nice enough to go outside and get away from it. But I've never rewatched it as an adult, but my my memories, it, it's a lot of this. But also stuff that would have a joke that only an adult's going to get and is going to go over a kid's head. So anyways, guys, uh, Glow Magazine. You, you talked about magazines earlier. Are you guys getting Glow Magazine, Kevin? I already looked it up on eBay. $150. Yeah. I was really hoping it was like forgotten. I could get it for like 15 or 20. Um, All right. So the glow magazine, um, the only reason I bring it up is they have the word glow on it. Okay. The O has a flower in the middle of it. Is it a bot? Is that what they're going for? No idea. (sighs) Could be like it. It looks like a bot. Could be an innuendo there. Yeah. All right. Speaking of innuendos, mm-hmm. uh, let's go to the doctor's office, guys. We're going to yes. Dr. Feel and Dr. Grope. <laughs> so one thing I've noticed and I'm, I'm curious is this when you, you know, we're doing the two episodes today. They're the same exact format. Same segment. It's the same exact format. And it's Just almost a different like joke. a standard. This is a different set of jokes. Yep. So I'm curious if that format will change because it's segment for segment. I mean, I put up my notes from episode one to episode two. We started in the glow rocker room. Tiffany Mellon's gossip column. Uh, Dr. Feel and like literally right in the order. Yes. Well, I mean, you find a you find a method that works and you stick with it. Mountain Fiji's dream. Episode one. Mount Fiji's dream. Dream. Episode two. It's kind of fascinating. So uh, Dr. Fields and Grope. What do you guys think of this? Goofy innuendo, laugh track humor, slapstick stuff. I mean, Kevin, this is right up your alley. It is. It is. You know what? Um, and Dr. Phil and Grope being the, uh, uh, I don't know, on staff gynecologist, I guess, for Glow. Psychiatric, too. Psychologist, oh. gynecologist, and uh, there was another one there. Physician, there I think, no- or something like that. Yeah. Well, you know what OBGYN stands for, right? What's that? Okay. Oh, boy, got you naked. two <laughs> yeah so. we're already we're already gonna hit my over <laughs> all right then we do the battle royal for the shampoo uh, another shampoo commercial here for for Fabergé organics and then we get zelda zingers 
following that up. Now, on the the episodes we're watching, there's something wrong with the music, correct? Seems to be. It's weird. Off because they it's almost like they have two tracks going at once. Oh, yeah, something's mm. off. It, well, there was a couple. Second episode, I noticed that more. There was a couple spots that looked like a VHS tracking issue. So I wonder if they just got what they had and converted it. Um, so anyways, that'll lead us to match number two on the card, which is Tulsa with Babe, the farmer's daughter, taking on Hollywood and MTV. MTV, Melanie, Trouble, Vixen. Oh, baby. Uh, so what you th- what'd you guys think of this one? Again, it's your it's your goofy slapstick entertainment kind of deal back and forth between the ladies, them them essentially just pairing up with each other for the most part. You know, Tulsa spent most of her time in the ring with Hollywood and Babe spent most of her time with MTV back and forth. So so far counting the four women of this match and the two beforehand, Hollywood has the most talent. I thought that Hollywood actually had some wrestling moves in the match did pretty well and seems to have some uh, charisma as well all right so a couple things kevin as Mm -hmm. we learn the format of our show the end of each episode i want the kevin hellions dad joke okay (laughs) and then i want you to rank the women oh god because if there's anything a middle-aged white man can do it's rank women's talent Oh, I'll fit right in with the comment section. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Educator, why don't you go ahead and break down this one? We start the match with Tulsa and Babe, the farmer's daughter, being introduced. They're in the ring. And then as the heels are introduced, they essentially do a run-in and attack the faces from behind. Hollywood hits a flying head scissors takedown uh, onto Tulsa. Babe tries to battle back and hits MTV with a drop kick and then eventually an arm drag. Babe hits a second drop kick to MTV as Hollywood and Tulsa are now brawling out on the floor. We see Babe with a pinfall attempt, but Hollywood does a run in and makes a save. Hollywood does a step over toe hold onto Tulsa and starts working on the leg. Tulsa eventually battles back. She climbs to the top rope and hits a leaping double arm drag, essentially, to take uh, Hollywood over. Tulsa is stepping on Hollywood's hair and grabbing her arms and yanking her up to yank on that hair. But luckily that Fabergé hair, you know, conditioner is really providing a lot of strength to protect that hair. Eventually Hollywood does the same move and does a reversal, starts yanking on Tulsa's hair and dragging her uh, upward with her arms. Hollywood eventually mounts Tulsa in the corner and starts slapping her, starts choking on Tulsa while the referee is counting. Hollywood basically does a, a double uh, double arm head smash into the corner. Tulsa then ends up setting up for a reversal, uh, reverses with a full Nelson, and ends up doing a roll-up pin onto Hollywood. Your winners, Tulsa and Babe, the farmer's daughter. Post-match, the heels basically attack the face winners. There's brawling in the ring, brawling on the floor. And your ring announcer slash new management, Johnny C, ends up getting kind of like caught up in the middle of the cat fight. And eventually we end up going to a commercial. Johnny C being here uh, is interesting as the new owner, new manager, but also putting himself in the middle of things. I don't remember who in the 80s was doing it, but certainly we've seen since uh, what they call Money Mark, just some fan with money that decides to get a bunch of talent and make himself the focus of the promotion as well so a a long tradition in wrestling as we see here his name's tony khan 
Pretty much. Um, not quite sure where the pin me sign came from. Not sure if it's a uh, MTV has sort of a prankster gimmick to her as well. Uh, also, a lot of inserts. We've already had the rapping entrances. We've already had uh, quick little promos. But let's go ahead and have the girls cut promos against each other in the you know a little box there right, while the actually going right? on. Yeah, which I know we've seen on like superstars and everything. But I think the difference is. We'll see on WWF superstars or likewise shows when it's a star against a jobber. So what's it really matter if you talk over your ass kicking of a jobber? But here so far, everyone's presented as they're all stars and they all have gimmicks here. So no one's really presented as a jobber yet. Um, I really uh, Hollywood had some excellent moves in the match. Maybe the bar set low, but I was actually very impressed with her here. Did a lot her and Tulsa actually have a pretty good brawl on the outside. There's lots more violent brawls on the outside in these two episodes than I expected to see in all of glow. So that's kind of impressed with that. Um, babe has horrible drop kicks. Horrible. If you want a good drop kick to the knees, she's your girl, but otherwise you got to find someone else for it. And then, uh, the fight on the outside, like it kept going. It was a violent fight and everything. I, I was impressed with it. Um, when all four women were on the ring apron just going at each other for I it's only first episode I did not expect to see a daisy chain so early usually you got to build up to it so we follow that up with well before we follow that up guys I saw a banner there one nine hundred six 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 gals is the one nine hundred number for glow I think I called that number once did you yeah, I left the phone off the hook, charged someone else the bill. Yikes. Yikes. All right, so we followed it up with Godiva's... Oh, you didn't call? I thought you were about to say you called it, just to see. No, why? I don't know, because we did that before. And it did, It worked so wonderfully. <laughs> Learn from your mistakes, Kevin. Learn from your mistakes. You uh, miss we... every shot you don't take. We follow that up with Godiva's Bare Facts. Then we get MTV's Glow Connection. She's rocking the Glow Disco, baby. What what was the like? It wasn't even Soul Train. It wasn't. Was there a? I know MTV had the grind. They had Julie Brown hosted a dance show on MTV, I believe. But I don't think it had come along yet at this point. Well, the grind wasn't there either. No, but Julie Brown Wubba 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 hosted something else beforehand. I don't, I don't remember what it was called. And then of course there was Dance Party USA. I don't know what it was, Kevin. No, not big on the, the Saturday afternoon dance shows in the 80s? No, no, it was oh. not. Hmm. Then we go into match number three. Is this even a match? Um, this is an arm wrestling challenge. It's the $10,000 winner take all wrestling arm wrestling challenge, baby. Yeah, uh, listeners, remember that $10,000 up for grabs. It comes back later. All right, so we get Big Bad Mama. In her corner, we see Aunt Kitty. Uh, taking on Mountain Fiji, and in her corner, Jackie Stallone. Mm-hmm. Mom of Sylvester Stallone, who is the voice of King Shark in the new Suicide Squad movie. Who, Jackie Stallone? <laughs> Jackie Stallone has passed away, so that is not true. I, I have not looked it up, but I bet a lot of people we see on this have passed away. All right. Uh, so this is supposed to be arm wrestling. Nothing really happens. I mean, we don't even need to break this down, in my opinion. 
I'm just more impressed that you had the heels carrying in Aunt Kitty, including the, the world champion carrying in Aunt Kitty on her shoulder. And then the faces are carrying in Jackie Stallone. How how the, the ringside seconds end up getting a better entrance than those that were actually in the rest of the arm wrestling challenge. Well, they do settle up because Big Bad Mama knocks over the table. Right. And they disqualify her. So then they sent up on Kitty versus Jackie Stallone. So it's like a double feature of arm wrestling here. I mean, if you want to know a segment, um, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Aunt Kitty versus Jackie Stallone. Would you say this segment is over the top? There it is. So mad I didn't see that joke coming. So mad I didn't think of it myself. Aunt Kitty needed a step stool to reach up to the table. Yeah. Like, like both of the ladies in the second arm wrestle. I mean, the table was good for the big girls, but man, the, the other two girls couldn't even really reach up over the table. And so, doing a little pushover spot would just seem so awkward because the table was so stall. Push both pushovers were bad for it. Yeah. Um, I I may not have the correct term. Follow me here. But something like a, a house mom, something like that. And it's usually a older woman that takes care of the women that have to do a certain job. So where you'll see this a lot is strip clubs is a woman that will run the the locker room, the changing area, and I'll make sure all the girls are okay, make sure they got food, water, you know, uh, personal grooming stuff, uh, a hug if needed, you know, someone to listen to them, whatever it, whatever it is. I'm wondering if Aunt Kitty is this for Glow or if she had some money invested in the company because otherwise she is a waste of space, Absolutely. time, talent, energy, paycheck, everything. She's like the moolah. Yeah. Basically, you know? Yeah, she just, like, the the first time she came out, she's in the background for an earlier match. I was like, why is there a random fan standing up in the background doing nothing? Right. And then I see this, I'm like, oh, you did so little as the manager for the heels here. I didn't even realize you were a character, a paid performer on the show. I just thought you were a random fan getting into it. Is she, was she in the ring when they were doing the whole roster rap? No, I didn't see I her. I don't remember seeing her at all. I didn't see her or Jackie in the roster reps segment. Yeah. Uh, I, I give credit to them for carrying uh, Aunt Kitty out. Well, the, Anachka, that girl's jacked. She's a, do you think Aunt Kitty weighs more than Big Bad Mama or Mountain Fuji? Fiji? Uh, she's a lot shorter. So probably not as heavy. True, true. Uh, Jack, Jackie Stallone, just a talent here. Absolute talent. If if Jackie Stallone came along 40 years later, she would have a reality show on E. <laughs> She'd market the hell out of it. But uh, like Kitty and Stallone there have no clue how any of this works. Like the first time they saw the table each other and another person's hand seems to be in this segment (laughs) one of the worst wrestling segments i've ever seen in my life i think thank you for your insight kevin so we follow that up with a beasties beanery segment now all right so beastie here guys Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) wasn't expecting the full moon on the turnaround when she went back into the kitchen well that's her that's her down under oh there it is i thought this was luna vachon 
Isn't it like proto Luna Vachon? It's got like. Be. Do you Absolutely. think that was like an homage to Claw Wrestling for Luna Vachon? There was no, also. It, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, if anything, I think considering Luna part of the Vachon family, wouldn't it shock me if there was more of Luna going on in a territory than we are aware of and they stole it? Back in Glow the, stole it. Back in the early 80s, there was another similar like character that Mula actually had temporarily managed. Uh, Kevin, you might might be more familiar with the magazines and whatnot. Do you remember Mad Maxine? Oh, my God. I forgot. But yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, I'm th- I, that's where I thought this was like either a spinoff. If not, it was her that had just, you know, put on some weight and was portraying that character. I didn't know. I mean, it's also going to um, the Mad Max series, the Mel Gibson right. Mel- Mad Max series, yeah, and all too, which I mean, wrestling stole the Lord Humongous gimmick from that, too, which was Sid's first gimmick. Like it's it's a prime place to steal wrestling gimmicks out of. Um, so we followed it up with another Fabergé organic shampoo commercial. Then we get our Mountain Fiji Farmer's Daughter Dream sequence. Uh, not Mountain Fiji in this segment. She's dreaming. She's Mountain Miranda, which is a takeoff of the Carmen Miranda character. Who's Carmen Miranda? Uh, she would dance with a bunch of fruit on her head. Sounds about right. <clears throat> Um, and then we get match number four on the card, which is Beastie taking on Zelda. Zelda the Brain. A link to the past. All right. Educator, why don't you go ahead? I'm not even <laughs> going to ask you for your opinion. Just go ahead and break it down. Well, this is officially our first mega squash. And we're kind of getting the uh, idea that Zelda the Brain is like the Peter Avalon of that old generation here. So we see the start of the match where Zelda is playing the nerdy gimmick where she struggles to just leap over the top rope and her foot ends up getting caught in the rope, giving Beastie the opportunity to just attack to start the match. We see Beastie with a big backbreaker to Zelda over her knee. Zelda recovers, climbs to the top rope, but Beastie ends up shaking her off by running against the ropes a few times, causing Zelda to fall down. She almost essentially crotches herself over the rope, but really it just kind of caught her knee. We see Beastie with an Irish whip and a big flapjack to send Zelda crashing and burning to the canvas. At one point, Zelda does recover and she gets a squirting flower and ends up squirting Beastie in the eyes with water or who knows what. And then Zelda scurries away onto the floor and Z- and Beastie chases after her. Uh, excuse me. What? Did you say? Yes, I did. Okay. I just wanted just to make it clarify sure. that. Yeah. Yeah. On the floor, Beastie ends up picking up Zelda and launches her into a pillar that had a wooden sign around it. And she kind of smashes Zelda through that wooden sign as it breaks. Zelda is eventually thrown back into the ring and we see Beastie with a bunch of overhand clubs knocking Zelda down. Beastie with an over-the-shoulder running slam to take Zelda down to the canvas. We see Beastie with a fireman's carry into an airplane spin and eventually turns it into another body slam. We see Beastie pick up Zelda for a big pile driver, but ends up dropping down on her knees rather than sitting out to deliver the maneuver. Beastie picks Zelda up again for a second airplane spin and a body slam. Beastie climbs to the second rope, hits a big second rope splash, lays for the cover, Decides to kneel up again and then lays back down for the cover and gets the one, two, three victory. Post match, Beastie uh, sets up Zelda uh, in upside down in the corner for the tree of woe and starts z- stomping on Zelda. 
Mountain Fiji does essentially a run-in save, body slams Beastie over the top rope. And then there's awkward interview interactions afterwards where the girls are jawjacking each other and Beastie is pushing and shoving Mountain Fiji. And then eventually, thank goodness, we go to a commercial. Now, it's been, oh, geez. One week since you looked at me. No, no. Uh, also, sadly, that's only bare naked ladies on the show. So. <laughs> that's number four. <laughs> It's been about 15, maybe even close to 18 years since I've had to experience someone like Beastie who gets so frustrated and has all this energy and isn't quite sure how to get it out that she chooses to bang her head against something instead in frustration. It's a, it's an interesting personality trait, and it's one that uh, she should try to work to get out of. So it's the person I saw doing it. hope she's well now. Um, Zelda is Spike Dudley meets Steve Urkel. I thought she was fantastic. She, I like that can, she can do no wrong, in my opinion. Right. I yeah. am in love with Zelda the Brain. So, what a great gimmick. She's funny. Is, is she like a super talented wrestler? Wrestler? No, but as a character, oh my gosh, she was entertaining as hell. Hiding in the crowd. Just fantastic. Um, Beastie, we, we mentioned her gear before. I understand the hole in the gear just for the sex appeal aspect of it. But could they have cut it in a more unflattering way as well? <laughs> like, it doesn't even look cute. It just it literally looks like her gear tore on the way to the ring and she's just making the best of it. It doesn't look planned, which it is here. Um. I, I'm appreciative that a move like a pile driver, which can cause an injury, was done in a very protective way, done it, dropping down to the knees, down, onto the butt, or you know, or, or other ways to do it here. It, I I wouldn't trust most of the women of Glow so far with doing any sort of neck-based maneuvers. I'd be a little too scared of their opponent's safety here. I uh, was impressed with the Tree of Woe. Uh, Fiji, so far, uh, I'm going with she's just big. Like on on my list of who has uh, the most talent here, she's she drops every time she comes out. I think she's just big, and that's a good enough gimmick. It's a good enough gimmick to get into the WWE Hall of Fame this year. Congratulations, great Kali. Educator, just quick sidebar here. Wait a minute, Ooh. they actually announced Kali is in the Hall of Fame. Yes. Shut the freak front door. <laughs> You're kidding me. No. Oh, the last I knew was uh, just Bischoff, Kane, and Molly Holly. I have I haven't been caught up. Yep, um, Kali is official. Had, once again, if you had a Twitter, <laughs> you would have learned about right. this. That's crazy. Uh, Kali is official. Uh, Rob Van Dam is rumored to be announced anytime now. Um, sidebar well, I mean, here. It should be because he is one of a kind. Exactly. Know? So they list great Kali's accomplishments. Former world champion, sure, sure. Um, first Indian WWE superstar, okay, sure. Pinned Undertaker once, <laughs> like his list of accomplishments <laughs> just go downhill once. real fast. But you're for longtime listeners, this has been well documented. I would like to know, educator, if you had to choose just one to put into the WWF Hall of Fame, WWE. 
Would it be the Great Kali or the Bella Twins? Kali. Really? Absolutely. <laughs> I thought I had, yeah. It's such a lie. <laughs> Kali all day. Kali had more charisma and talent than both of those ladies put together. Oh. No, I, Kali was uh, was meant to be an attraction. The shock value, the just the size of the guy. I mean, he was monstrous when he debuted, but over time, you could tell he was he lost his muscle mass, got a little flabby. You know, he was huge. I mean, obviously, he came off of the movie the what is it the first ten yards or whatever longest yard longest yard yeah with Adam Sandler. I mean, that's where he came from. And, you know, Vince McMahon just, like, went nuts probably seeing this guy and made the best of what he could. But I – Bellas are the Bellas, whatever. To each his own. They just don't do it. Never have, never will for me. All right. So we followed it up with Easy as KGB. We get it in Nachka. You know, I guess she's an undercover agent. uh, She's hanging out with the vice president. Uh, We get another shampoo commercial after that. Then we get country girl dates with the two of the farmer's daughters. Tulsa is like a friend. Yeah, Tulsa is a a farmer's cousin or something like that. Um, And then we follow that up with what is our main event of the evening, which is USA versus Russia. It is Sally, the farmer's daughter, versus uh, Ninachka. Yeah, this is our money shot main event of the night. Sally, the other farmer's daughter, and Ninochka, yes. the glow champion. Do you think the, the farmer's champion. daughters are like the Dudley boys? <laughs> I I think the farmer's daughters are just one salesman's broken down car away from a dirty joke. Uh, so what do you think of the main event, Educator? Actually, am impressed with Ninochka's ability. I honestly think that she, and when we'll talk, we'll see her in the in the second part of this episode in the main event as well. Had she had maybe more formalized training, I, you know, she probably could have done really decently in the nineties somewhere, you know, as opposed to this, this, the, the entertainment Las Vegas strip show. Absolutely. Ninochka's just such a beast. She's so powerful. She's so strong. She has a ring awareness. She knows how to play to the crowd. She can sell and take a beating for the first part of it too. So you think she might lose fantastic work here i think she could have been something if you know women's wrestling was in a different place um and and is the title is the tiara the title because yeah the tiara the crown yeah okay there's no belts here baby well no i would slip right over the thongs (sighs) so educator why don't you go ahead and break this down (laughs) Sally tries to give a gift at the start of the match to Nanachka, her hat, but Nanachka's just not having it and attacks uh, Sally, the farmer's daughter. We see Nanachka with an Irish whip to Sally and hits a, basically a scoop-up tilt-a-whirl into a body slam. Nanachka hits a, throws another Irish whip for Sally into the corner. Sally is able to kind of stagger Nanachka back with a, bunch, a couple of feet in the face as Nanachka uh, runs in to do the attack. Sally does a headlock into essentially a, a Stratus faction like headlock takeover by bouncing off of the ropes with her feet. Sally hits a head scissors takeover onto Nanachka. Sally attempts to do a victory roll with multiple rolls throughs and eventually holds the shoulders down to the mat, but only gets a one count from the referee. 
And after that, Nanachka escapes and says, enough is enough. Nanachka gets up and scoop slams Sally. Nanachka does an Irish whip, picks up Sally again for another big body slam. Nanachka does a standing uh, front vertical suplex, a delayed vertical suplex to take Sally, the farmer's daughter, down. Uh, Nanachka ends up doing a big seated roll up and pushing uh, the legs down and sits on top and gets a pinfall one, two, three over Sally, the farmer's daughter. Post match, we hear an interview with Nanachka telling uh, the fans that next time don't send a child to do a woman's job. I mean, I think we got to remember the pop culture use of the Cold War at the time. Nanachka as Russian as your champion and being so dominant is amazing. It's fantastic. I, I think, you know, one of the only pop culture things that lasts and stands here 40 years later is Rocky Four for Ivan Drago versus Stallone. But you had everything, TV shows, comedies, comics, wrestling here, clearly. Um, Nikolai Volkov, the uh, I, Ivan Nikita Koloff. You had so much of this, you know, the Russians as the evil bad guys here, but to put the Russian as your champion as well, great. And she's so dominant in this too. I'm watching it and I immediately wrote down, does, ne- does Nanachka know what she's doing? Because no, I, I didn't feel that for anyone else earlier in the night. You know, some a little better than others, but she, I legit felt like had training and knew what she was doing. And God, if anything could be maybe the one that's helping out the other girls and showing them how to do some moves. Cause she's the furthest one along here. Uh, some good audience work, like playing to the crowd and everything here too. Um, Sally, I, she was made to look good here. I thought, um, but that's just more credit to Nanachka than Sally here. More, I think this match had the most, if not the only, suplexes on the whole card, too. <laughs> like something that we would call basic wrestling maneuver here, but on Glow it stands out as, you know, a crazy finisher for just a basic suplex here. Super impressed with her. Uh, it totally makes sense to have the the belt, the tiara, the title on Nanachka. And I... Looking ahead at how most of the episodes for the start of this are called Nanachka's Reign. Yeah, looking forward to it. And then we follow that up with a mirror, mirror on the wall uh, segment where there's a pie in the face. And Who's in the mirror? Do we know her name yet? They don't tell her name and I couldn't figure it out. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then we get a PSA. Don't do drugs, kids. From Hollywood. Throw that in there. And that's it, pretty much. I mean, there's credits. They do have... Um, you know, some, some comedy acts over the credits, probably some outtakes maybe from, uh, the segments that they will be showing, uh, nothing really major. Uh, Johnny C's broke, doesn't have enough money to pay the ladies. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the thing. Funny Aunt, you Kitty, Aunt Kitty's not too happy cause she's worth her weight in gold. Let's talk about Johnny C being broke here. Okay. So let's say that, uh, all the people that came out to like, you know, for the arm wrestling contest, aren't paid the same amount as people who wrestle. I think that's fair to guess. So for actual wrestling matches, we have six. I'll count Mom and Fiji. Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Twelve women. How much would you guess? Let's just say there there's a pay window at the end of the night. 
would you say the average pay for the 12 women that had actual matches on the card would be? 100 bucks, 500 bucks. This is 89. This is 89 here, so you're looking maybe 50 bucks. 50 bucks, 100 bucks. Yeah. So really, if they just kept that $10,000 from the arm wrestling contest to themselves, I think all the women could have been paid tonight. They could have been severely paid. <laughs> well, Aunt Kitty's got to take her uh, cut of each one. Uh, and she probably does, too. I'm guessing half. Madam Kitty. Madam Kitty. <laughs> all right, that does it for episode one of Glow, guys. What would you think? Right. If you okay. This, this, this is a mid-season replacement. <laughs> What always happens with mid-season replacements, they usually never get renewed. But some have. Was it, uh, was Friends a mid-season replacement? No. Friends or Seinfeld, maybe? I think Seinfeld was. Um, Beverly Hills 90210. And then what they did is they played all new episodes over the summer when everyone's home. And that's how season two got to be huge because all these kids watched over the summer. Right. That's the way you can do it. I got to say, though, let's say we were just discussing what to do for a mid-season replacement and you watched this episode before we decided would you have steered away from glow absolutely <laughs> had, I, had i known what we were really getting ourselves into i i i'm i'm sitting down watching this and i'm like i don't want to do the podcast anymore i'm over it i'm absolutely over it i gave my 52 week run Best of luck, gentlemen. It's a two-man booth now. You got to do 83 weeks, you gotta, like your your buddy Bischoff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How <laughs> else are you going to know Hockey Talk Man's hairstyles unless you last 83 weeks? That's true. Hockey definitely uses Fabergé organics. So uh, that's going to do it for us. Why don't we take a quick little commercial break, and we'll be back with episode two. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hello, everyone. This is Maddie Treats from the House Show Podcast. I got a question for you. Do you like wrestling? Of course, of, of course you do. I mean, who the hell doesn't like wrestling? So why don't you celebrate WWE's WrestleMania and the one-year anniversary of the House Show podcast? Uh, so how would you celebrate? That is simple. We're giving away a WrestleMania prize pack. Just go on to the RetroNetwork.com website and sign up. Go to Twitter, look up the TRN social accounts, look at the TRN house show accounts, sign up through that. You could win a WWF WrestleMania official insider story hardcover book, a Funko WrestleMania 3 box t-shirt, Undertaker, uh, action vinyl figures, stickers, so much more. And all you have to do is celebrate your love for WrestleMania and the house show podcast. Hi guys, Kevin here. If you're like me, you've only been wondering one thing while watching the gorgeous ladies of GLOW. Have they ever been bald before? If so, how many times have they been bald? How often have they been bald? Do they like being bald? You know, I have to imagine, looking at all the women, that the answer is... If yes, it's been a rarity because every one of them is clearly using the fine products of Fabergé. Shampoo, conditioners, hair care products, making sure that their hair is thicker, fuller, body bounce, just luxurious hair on all of the women. 
In fact, I've gone to eBay. No, no, no. Not for those products. I've gone to eBay to buy my own Fabergé hair products. Sure, the expiration dates pass, but I have faith in the quality products that are associated with Glow. Back to you guys. All right, guys, we are back for episode two of the House Glow. Uh, so, you know, Nanachka's Reign, episode two. I think they're all called Nanachka's Reign until she probably <laughs> loses the crown. Yeah, like five episodes, eight, maybe. I forget how many. Yeah. But yeah, it's part one, part two, part, yeah. All right. So we get right into it once again. Like I said, it's the same exact format. I'm very curious if this is just the format going forward, at least for the foreseeable future. Uh, we are inside the Glow locker room. Um, Kevin. Mm-hmm. There was a hole in the shower wall. I know nothing about it. Okay. I just wanted to check. I just wanted to check. Uh, you know, we run down the card. We get a shampoo commercial. Anything from this, you know, front little uh, section here to really um, gleam out. I know, Kevin, you write down all the all the, all the the bad jokes. So what, what did you think? I got to know which ones to steal for myself later on. Very good. Probably paying too much attention to Tiffany's melons. I mean, she's got a cute laugh. <laughs> Makes sense. All right. Uh, so we have Tiffany's glow gossip once again. Is she is she the the Mean Gene hotline? She's got to be. She's shelling out the dirt. It costs a lot more. She talks very soft and quiet. It's kind of comforting. It's a little ASMR. Oh, sorry, I went somewhere else there. All right, and then we get there. You go. Was that number five? Number six? Five. All right. Uh, so then we get right into match number one on the card, which is Daisy with Gremolina. Guys, you guys didn't tell me Sunny was going to be part of this. It's more like, you know, partly Sunny with a chance of showers. Sunny adjacent. Yeah. The California girl. Uh, the California girl, baby. So I have a question for you. How tall is Gremolina here? Or how tall how is how short is Gremolina or how tall, how is, tall Daisy? is Daisy? Because Daisy's easily 6'2". Six three. There's no Girl way. Oh, yeah. She's got to be at least six feet tall. I think it's both. Gremolina's got to be like, what, like four eleven? Four yeah. nine? Yeah, four nine, four ten. Yeah, I think she's <laughs> that short and Daisy's that tall. That together, it it's looks ridiculously like, over the top. It looks like it, Raquel Gonzalez or Zio Shirai out there. <laughs> I thought it looked like uh, another classic '80s movie, Twins. That is there you true. Go. All right, so why don't we go ahead and uh, educate her? Why don't you break down this one? Well, Gremolina gets on the microphone before the match starts and makes it very apparent that she wants the big blonde airhead to be her next slave, referring to Sonny, the California girl. We see Daisy start the match with a corner Irish whip and ends up hitting a clothesline onto Sonny. Daisy does a double leg catapult to launch Sonny across the ring. Daisy with an Irish whip and ends up both ladies hit each other with a clothesline to knock each other down. Sonny is able to recover first and she does an Irish whip and a punch to the abdomen to knock Daisy down. And then she hits a big splash. Sonny picks up Daisy and does another Irish whip. This is a pretty much a big trend here that we see uh, an Irish whip into the ropes. We see a hip toss uh, this happens twice back to back. Daisy ends up running Sonny into the turnbuckle. Daisy with an Irish whip and does a big boot, but not Kevin Nash's big boot to the face. We get a big boot to the gut instead. Daisy with a big scoop slam and a big splash only gets a one count from the referee. 
The ladies end up locking up, and Sonny ends up tossing Daisy down to the canvas. Both girls now work on each other with a double side headlock, and they end up tumbling out over the top rope onto the floor. Sonny rams Daisy's head into the ring post. Sonny hits a snap there to bring Daisy over onto the floor. Sonny ends up doing a fireman's carry and begins ram- uh, with Gremolina and ends up ramming and sideswiping Gremolina's head into the corner post. Daisy ends up slapping a full Nelson onto Sonny on the floor, and the referee ends up getting to the 10 count as both ladies are counted out of the ring. The match ends in a double count out, and eventually security now has to get involved in separating all these ladies and dragging them back to the locker room. So it's the Gremlina wanting Sonny as her slave thing that then makes me wonder what they're going for or implying with Gremlina and Daisy, because they even say at the beginning as Daisy's coming out that she, she came out there to make herself a star and end up, you know, with some debts and then a little bit of trouble and Gremlina took her in, but to do her work, it seems sort of sub Dom pimp and uh, performer. Like, it, it just seems like they're implying as far as they can get away with for syndicated television at the time. But I definitely feel like there's uh, uh, undertones here of something um, dirtier, I guess. Uh, Daisy here, I mentioned the low ropes earlier, but wasn't until you see Daisy at her well past six foot frame going through those ropes that they look dangerous. She, as she's coming against the ropes, has to like duck down and squat to be able to have her back hit it at all. Just so she doesn't, you know, hit it waist level pretty much, if not lower, and go right over the top of it to the floor. Now that that's a far floor because the ring's not up that high. Um, good fight though. Like it really seemed like they were playing Sunny and Daisy are, are equally matched. A lot of the moves were stalemate and out to the floor, like getting violent for glow levels here, you know, certainly not like, you know, a bloody brawl or anything like that, but getting pretty violent for glow, a lot of energy and, and passion and fight to both of them. Um, security coming out actually seemed needed and necessary and add a little bit more to it. Uh, if anything so far, I kind of, I, I doubt glow has like a steel cage or something, but maybe a, a lumberjack, a lumber Jill match, have these two women wrestle again, but they can't be separated here. I, they did a good job of building up a storyline to maybe do something more here. Again, not that, uh, you know, either as five star wrestling classic, but for what glow is, I think they did a good job here building up a nice little feud. Yeah. And then once again, we get Dr. Feel and Grope, uh, this time with Mountain Fiji as the um, patient. Uh, we get another shampoo commercial and we get some more of Zelda the Brain's zingers. Once again, same format. I mean, they're just. It's amazing how politicians try to show how clean they are by slinging mud at each other. <laughs> uh, and then we follow that up with match number two on the card, which is Beastie and Habana taking on Mountain Fiji in, a, in our first handicap match. No, no referee. D, no DQ, no referee, and handicap match, baby. Yeah, so what did you, you think of this one? Um, interesting 24 seven gimmicky kind of match for its time. Fun with a couple of props being involved, a uh, bunch of goof up spots. The, 
for being the Andre the Giant, so to speak, uh, uh, of the promotion. Um, very limited, you know, ring work for Mountain Fiji. Not uh, not too superly impressed, to be honest with you. No, super limited, and honestly, Beastie should not be in a handicap match here. Beastie should be someone that might be able to stand toe-to-toe with Mount Fiji. Like, Habana's smaller, sure, makes sense. You know, but you should have two smaller ones on there. Beastie, I think, is kind of wasted here, but maybe it's who could we pair up that'd be willing to play the fool here against the limited strengths of Mount Fiji. So I think that's more what it is. Who who could make who who could make chicken salad out of this? Right. And Beastie was given the credit for it. And now I will say, Habana here, not the best wrestler. Did better than Fiji, not the best wrestler. But I do think in our entire house show catalog of all the matches we've watched, all the matches we've discussed. She's the best Cuban assassin we've seen wrestle. Absolutely. (laughs) So much better than that. (laughs) Poor Dave Sierra. (laughs) I'm going down a rabbit hole here, guys. Uh Uh-oh. The Twitter of the original Glow Ladies rabbit hole. Do you know Sonny has a podcast? Well, well educator knows because he's on Twitter looking. I'm on it all the time. Now. I could, I already, I duh, I already subscribed to it. Uh, coming up, Rocky Astor's got a thing. I'm just finding so much stuff out. So, <laughs> so, so see if they have anything on there. I was trying to figure out how tall Daisy is. <laughs> all right, <laughs> I'm curious where exactly Mountain Fiji is from. See, because she's Mountain Fiji, but she's from Samoa. But when they taunt her, they sing Hawaiian songs at her. Well, it's all island stuff. It's all intertwined. Come on. You know that. Duh. Like the average member of the audience is going to be able to wrap their head around the difference. Are you saying? (laughs) Are you saying that the men, reluctant women, and children at the Riviera in the 1980s watching <laughs> Glow are not familiar with the geography and countries and politics of the Pacific Island nations. I am for that night. It was Dave. <laughs> <laughs> All right, educator, why don't you go ahead and break down the match? So we see at the start of the match, Beastie coming down to the aisle. And she's wearing a cover-up. And I honestly thought, based on the first episode, maybe she realized that her gear wasn't exactly as flattering, so she was going to be wrestling with this cover-up on or this sarong. No, that's just Beastie doing a uh, setting up to do a dance, wearing this Fijian sarong here to kind of mock Ma- Mountain Fiji. The start of the match begins with the heels double-teaming, attacking uh, Mountain Fiji. They end up taking that sarong that uh, Beastie was wearing, and they tie it over uh, Mountain Fiji's face as like a blindfold so that she can't see. The heels use a big net at one point to trap Mountain Fiji in the corner, but Zelda ends up coming, doing a run into ringside, climbing up on the turnbuckle, and help releasing Mountain Fiji from the net. 
We see Mountain Fiji with an airplane spin to Habana and throwing her to the canvas. Uh, Mountain Fiji ends up beeling Beastie into the turnbuckle. Uh, we see Mountain Fiji with an over-the-shoulder scoop up and power slam to uh, Habana. We see Mountain Fiji grab both Habana and Beastie and does like a double knocker knocker, knocking their heads together, uh, and they end up falling flat on the canvas. At one point, we see Beastie basically lunging on the back of Mountain Fiji, almost kind of like a sleeper, but Fiji is able to beal her right off as if it was no issues. Fiji ends up netting Beastie and then body slams her on the canvas. She ends up picking up Habana as well, body slamming her on top of Beastie. And then after about 10 to 12 seconds of trying to awkward positioning, uh, Fiji ends up laying both girls on top of each other and puts her foot on top, and the referee call, calls for the one-two-three pinfall. Your winner of this no DQ, no referee, falls count, whatever match this was, uh, Mountain Fiji. It's, jeez, uh, Beastie and Habana here is like bad guys in certain movies where their incompetence is their undoing more so than a strong hero against them. Uh, Baby's Day Out. Uh, Dennis the Menace sometimes. You know, just they're so bad that they're going to defeat themselves. There doesn't even have to be a protagonist. They'll just screw it all up themselves here. It was entertaining. It was very comedic. It was very cartoonish. It was fun. It's definitely protecting Fiji, who I think we're seeing is super limited here. Um, Zelda coming out to help is fantastic. Again, her stealing the show here. Uh, I can wait until the end here, Treats, but I have my line of the night from this match. Um, And then Habana, like, to to go ahead and be me here, and, and maybe this can be added to your counting, she comes out and I was like, oh, geez, that's like, I, I get the gimmick they're going for here and all, but oh boy, she looks kind of bad when she's, you know, doing her little rap thing and all. And then she comes out and starts bouncing around and, you know, being the fool for it and all. I was like, she's kind of cute. And this is like a fun little gimmick here. She's not so bad. She needs a better haircut <laughs> to sound horrible. <laughs> But I was like, she was the first one that I thought, all right, you know, this is not going to be one of my favorites. And then she gets going. All. I was like, okay, there's something here. I kind of like, the, you know, this whole idea here. I was a little impressed by it. What is your line of the night, Kevin? Or do you want to? Oh, hold is that it? end of the show? Or do you want to hold off? I can hold off. All right. We will hold off on that little tease, little tease. All right. So we get Godiva's bare facts. And then once again, we get MTV's glow connection. She's uh, the AOK DJ, baby. All right. And that leads right into match number three on the card, which is Dementia versus Roxy Aster. Big Bad Mama comes out. Mm -hmm. Question. If, when. If Glow was on Peacock, would all of Big Bad Mama segments be edited out? Boy, I was wondering that, too. Yeah, this is... uh, (laughs) I'll tell you what, though. You know, as much fun i mean we we look at it obviously from a wrestling standpoint i'm finding these very fun these these shows these were probably one a blast to put on two a blast to write right yeah definitely lots of entertainment value here it's not about the in-ring work it's the overall show spectacle the goofy storylines and whatnot just to keep people captivated entertained i think you're right about 
Big Bad Mama if this was owned by, you know, a corporation now. But again, we were asking who's this for at the time. I could go ahead and say at the time, originally fresh in the 80s, there's partly for the dads, partly for the kids, stuff like that. Right now, the only audience for this is people like us or people who watch an adult Netflix show that are now curious about the original, not kids. So I anything like Big Bad Mama, anything ridiculous, anything that doesn't look the same 40 years later is not being placed in front of children right now anyways. It's us watching it aware of the context, aware of what is and isn't appropriate. I won't be taking anything out of this. As much as I will now be searching for DVDs and VHS of the stuff that Peacock is pulling from WWF programming, I understand a lot of kids will be watching that and maybe don't want them exposed to certain things. I do think they should have maybe a little disclaimer like Disney Channel has now of, hey, this stuff wasn't appropriate, but we're putting it on here for its historical context. And then one thing, just throw a disclaimer up on there, Peacock. But I'll understand putting certain things away from kids. Fine. No kids sitting down to watch Glow. I had Declan run in the room. He couldn't have cared less about this, even less than he cares about modern day wrestling. (laughs) So anyways, educator, why don't you go ahead and break down uh, this match for us? So we see dementia coming to the ring and uh, she's kind of doing, I don't know if it's uh, uh, basically like what we see as uh, Sue and the angry corpse bride or whatever gimmick, but it's kind of cool. And Roxy Astor is basically the New York city spectacle and uh, hot dog. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the gorgeous Kevin Hellions to break down his glow masterpiece. Kevin, take it away. So, I mean, we're recording two episodes to, you know, our responses to two episodes of glow here for this first episode of season four. And when we started, I'm like, all right, educator probably have me do this match. Maybe this match. And then I forgot. I completely forgot that this was a thing. And I'm just going along and I'm looking at my notes. I was like, all right, uh, this is what educator will probably be talking about here. So this is what I want to come back in on. Oh, he, you know, he mentioned this. So let me double back to that. Or he already mentioned it. I don't need to cover it. Totally forgot I'm doing this. However, I actually enjoyed this match, though. Okay. So Dementia, jeez. Dementia versus Rocky Astor. Uh, Dementia has a non-rap. She doesn't rap at all. She seems kind of mute, traumatized, whatever. But the other women of GLOW rap about her while standing next to her. Uh, You mentioned, like, Corpse Bride thing. It's also kind of like a lizzie borden thing coming out with the axe um very interesting though like just you don't have it's sort of goth but not but certainly not a gimmick or character type that was as big in the 80s as some of the farmer's daughter that makes sense you know pretty blonde from hollywood that make like there's certain ones that make sense um you know the 80s hair metal style but this one not really so much so i was interested uh dementia comes out to the ring and she's eating some sort of gummy sugar spider thing chewing on it some sort of candied spider uh gives it to roxy and roxy kind of freaks out and throws the spider away 
um, Roxy with uh, just basic, you know, moves to dementia, firmly in control, wears her down. Big Bad Mama comes out uh, to cheer on dementia as part of the whole heel stable here. The announcer issues a disclaimer, though, during the show that they are not mocking the mentally ill. Whatever dementia's issues are, they're not mocking mentally ill people. If you're mentally ill, you can still watch and enjoy Glow. They're not making fun of you. Very nice of them. Uh, Big Mama throws some voodoo dust, a.k.a. glitter, into the ring. And it seems like it botches. It seems like it misses. It seems like nothing's happening. All of a sudden, Roxy gets up, starts rubbing at her eyes. So I'm thinking this is just the powder gimmick, you know, mist, something like that. She's blinded now. Dementia will take control and pin her. No, no. The voodoo dust causes the two women to switch bodies. We have said that Glow aired Saturday afternoons, but I think this one was a special episode that aired on Freaky Friday. This whole thing of them switching bodies is exactly what I wish the Fiend and Alexa Bliss should be doing. So Roxy now, as Dementia is lit and as a not part of that heel stable, is listening to Mama's orders. As Mama is yelling to Dementia, Roxy is the one performing all of the moves here. And Dementia, who previously has been kind of mute and catatonic in a way, is now taking Roxy's ring gear and being more flamboyant and attitude and style and wealth and everything and really hamming it up so roxy uh bends dementia over the ropes and just kind of like slams her into the ropes a little whiplash thing misses the last one of it though we have a double clothesline that kind of resets them uh mama is scrambling on the outside she's yelling for dementia but dementia's not listening because dementia now thinks she's roxy but roxy is listening to mama because she thinks she's dementia and Roxy's going to end up winning this match but Mama doesn't want that because dementia's still dementia and she's still part of her heel stable so she whips up some new fresh voodoo right there at ringside so Mama comes up with some two uh, uh, tiki mugs here with some sort of uh, bubbling concoction here that has a little smoke, a little steam coming off of it both women drink the new voodoo thing not quite sure why because you would think dementia as Roxy would not trust Mama but either way they both drink it Thankfully, they switch back. Switch back into their original bodies here. Uh, Dementia ends up... Dementia as Dementia now, and Roxy as Roxy now. Dementia cartwheels out of a backbreaker attempt, but then gets caught with a kick, drops down, and Roxy in really... I I was kind of impressed with this, and I wish I saw it more. Just flat out stands on Dementia's shoulder so she can't kick out for the pin, and Roxy gets the pin for the match. I think just standing on his shoulders is a great a whole move to get a pin like especially uh, i don't think a bigger person because it, it would be a great big guy move to do right yeah but i don't think standing on the shoulders would be enough to support the weight of someone like 400 pounds i think right. you would end up damaging the shoulders but a more average to average size people i think that could be good As, or two women honestly usually lighter in weight I think that could be a great pin attempt of like, this is how much I don't care about you. This is how beneath me you are. You could just stand on your shoulders, get the pin. Be a good one for like a new talent building up and squashing jobbers. Crazy, crazy, like five star Meltzer breakdown there. I mean, it was phenomenal. Yeah, really putting in work, Kevin. Really putting in work. <laughs> putting for, in the work, man. All right, so we follow <laughs> that up with, all right, you had more? Uh, no, I'm just saying, like, for the gimmick, uh, for the cartoony nature of this match, like, I enjoyed it. 
this is a, this could have been an episode of random 80s cartoon. Like, oh no, the two switch bodies. What are we going to do? And they'd get a half hour out of it. Do you think it was, do you <laughs> think like the body switch and stuff was well explained to the audience there? I'm sure they probably picked up on it. Well, okay. Also, D- dementia doing the flamboyant strut wearing Roxy's gear, grabbing her purse and pulling the mirror out and pripping in the corner, checking her makeup and stuff. I mean, I think that's, yeah, I think that kind of pretty much said itself. I'm also wondering when the match was announced. If the if uh, the single guy doing play by play there was added post, or if he, he was doing it live at ringside, because that could help too. If the audience is overhearing the call, then it makes more right. sense. Right. Yeah. So then, once again, we get a Beasties uh, beanery uh, segment. We get another shampoo commercial. We get the Mountain Fiji dream sequence. And that leads us into match number four on the card, which is Godiva and Hollywood taking on Sally and Babe, the Farmer's Daughters. Oh, what kind of match is this? I think it's a Texas Tornado. Texas Tornado tag, baby. Everyone in the ring all at once and just mayhem doing so. All right. So, Educator, why don't you break down the mayhem? So we start to see the beginning of the match with Godiva in the corner doing a top rope straddle and a choke onto Babe, the farmer's daughter. We see Hollywood with Sally. She ends up doing a beal into onto Sally and does a crossbody off the second rope. Uh, Babe ends up doing a corner Irish whip and ends up being able to uh, counter and do a monkey flip onto Hollywood. Babe tosses Godiva over the top rope onto the floor. Hollywood and a running uh, executes a running bulldog onto Sally, and there's just continuous brawling back and forth on the floor. We see Babe at one point hit a running drop kick to Godiva. Godiva recovers and does a body slam attempt onto Babe, but Sally ends up hitting a drop kick as Godiva is holding Babe. Sally does a drop kick to Babe so that Babe ends up falling onto Godiva like it's a crossbody pin. And Babe is able to pin Godiva with a one, two, three pinfall. Post match, the ladies just continue to brawl, the hate faces and the heels going back and forth. And we see again uh, Riviera security here trying to get ready to separate the ladies and get them to the locker room. So, uh, again, I like Hollywood in this. I thought she did very well. Um, she had uh, the best moves out of the match. But it seemed like Sally and Babe, as the farmer's daughters, are just sharing a farmer's brain as well. It would seem like one would do a move and the other would catch and say, oh, I forgot about that move, too, and then also do it. Uh, it was a monkey flip see, monkey flip do for a lot right. of it. And it, it just seemed like not able to remember the flow of a match, how to call a match when you're in the ring. Um I don't know, being scared or intimidated by being on TV. I'm not sure what, but it really seemed like one of them would inspire the other to do something here and just keep the match going. Uh, I, I was surprised to see security come out again, another fight on the floor. Um, I'm worried because we've already said that the flow of the show seemed to be the same, that as we go along, we're going to see a lot of the same things here, much like we would get frustrated with uh, mostly the WCW pay-per-views of seeing the same endings or the same screwy endings a lot. I'm wondering if we're going to see a lot of the same endings and patterns for the glow shows, especially watching it all at once, not weekly like many people did. And and I got to wonder also considering what glow is 
at the time if people were turning tuning in religiously every week to the same level that they would other wrestling shows or if you just kind of caught it when you caught it yeah i wonder too like the the live show in vegas like was the formats the same for every show because you know as someone that goes to vegas all the time like i i know how the 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 live shows are like they're running the same shows over and over again and, and it got me thinking too like you could do a wrestling show in Vegas um, now with like Cirque du Soleil performers. Right. You know, that's a good, that's a good point with them being a Vegas show. It's like, Oh, we're going to go see glow today. They're taping it, you know, three times today here, but I know no matter what show I go to, I'm going to see this. I'm going to see this. I'm going to see this. I'm going to get all the hits. Yeah, because usually like a Vegas show, if you've seen, it's not like they change up the way the show is. You know, it's like a play, right? You're doing the play over and over again. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see them kind of switch up like the players and the matches, but the formats are the same. That's a good point. You know, so. Um, so anyways, we get another uh, easy as KGB segment with Nanachka. Um, this time, I think she's with. With the general, the, right? Yeah, like a general. Uh, then we get another Fabergé Organics shampoo commercial. We get more country girl dates. Um, and then we follow it up with our main event of the evening, which is Vicky Victory taking on Nanachka. Super, super impressed with Nanachka in this match. The backflip off the top rope. I mean, if that ever turned into a moonsault, that would be super impressive. Uh, again, just showing that the what if, if there was more established ladies wrestling in the late 80s early 90s on more of a national scale besides you know this vegas show kind of deal what could have been you know someone competitive with a medusa with a sherry martell uh and so on especially her doing the backflip off of those ropes right that's like doing backflip off a jello i'm assuming she's got to have some sort of gymnast background well, most Russians do. Eight. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. All right, educator. <laughs> why don't you go ahead and break this one down for us? Uh, we see the start of the match with Vicky Victory in the ring doing a cheerleader routine, and we kind of get a lot of booze from the crowd. Nanachka kind of almost gets like a face reaction as she enters ringside. We see a lockup between the ladies and a body slam by Nanachka to take Vicky Victory down. Nanachka with an Irish whip. Victory tries to do a kick for a reversal, but Nanachka kind of does like a diving dodge uh, roll through to avoid contact. Vicky ends up hitting a flying head scissors to take Nanachka down. Vicky also is able to successfully do a corner monkey flip to take Nanachka over to the canvas. We see Vicky jump onto the shoulders of Nanachka to do a victory roll attempt. As she rolls through, she ends up turning it basically into an arm drag. Vicky with a top rope flying body press and ends up getting only a one count from the referee. Vicky essentially slides up for what looked like it was going to be a sliced bread number two, but uh, Nanachka is able to counter and doesn't escape and catches uh, Vicky victory with an atomic drop. Nanachka does a flying there takeover. Nanachka rams Vicky into the corner, climbs up to the top rope, and ends up doing a backflip off of the top rope back into the ring just to show her athletic prowess and just stun the crowd. As Vicky Victory is trying to recover from any of the previous maneuvers when she rolled out onto the floor, 
Nanachka drags her up onto the apron and ends up doing a front suplex to carry Vicky back into the ring from the apron. Nanachka ends up doing an over-the-shoulder bear hug, drops Vicky Victory down to her feet, but holds her by the neck and does an impressive Rude Awakening-style neckbreaker. Nanachka does her roll-up finish for the big 1-2-3 pinfall victory. You know, you're saying the reaction Nanachka received. I'm wondering if some of the fans are appreciating the talent. Whether or not she's Russian or a heel or whatever it might be, you can't deny her talent here. Um, she did a great job of selling, made Vicky look like she had a chance. Nanachka was taking good beating. But anytime Nanachka was in control, she made it just look effortless. Like that Vicky you know, hey, you got me, you surprised me and all, but once I had control of this match, you don't have a chance here. Just absolutely dominated her. Uh, little again, there's a neck breaker there at the end. Like, I'm nervous of certain people doing the neck-based moves. Nanachka, I do believe, is the most fully trained of all of them, so her doing it makes a little more sense here. But I, I, I still, I'm, I'm cringing a bit when I see certain moves here performed by people that I don't think are fully trained to do them. But, uh, geez, I mean, her, her athleticism, her moves and all, like, she's clearly the breakout star talent-wise so far. And I really, like, I, I'm wondering if someone did have their eyes on her. Like, what were the glow contracts like? Could you have left if NWA or WWF had interest in you? Wanted to, Not that they really had a women's division, but, geez, gimmick like that, you could throw her on as a manager and have her take bumps against men. Like there's a lot you still could have done with her despite not having a real women's division in the big U.S. companies at the time. Oh, geez, and her pin where she just folds the opponent in half and just looks like dominant over them. Yeah, and so, that's basically just straddles over both arms in the air in celebration. Oh, they yeah. Just can't, they can't, yeah, it's like a jackknife pin. It's crazy. And it's uh, like... It, it's dominant, it's powerful, it makes her look like a beast. It's also definitely innuendo, too. Oh, of course. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, and then, of course, we end it with Hollywood, don't do drugs, we get our credits, and then, you know, Johnny C still broke. So he's, <sighs> Poor a, Johnny he's in debt, he's in debt. So. Big, bigger crowd today, you think he'll be turning the tide. All right, guys, it is the end of the show. Glow, season three, episode two, and one in the books. What'd you guys think? I mean, obviously, much, much different than the stuff we've been following. Um, but but in general, though, you think this is going to be fun to kind of go through a nice little change of pace? Educator, not sold. Not sold yet, but I'm going to maintain my commitments to the podcast. We're going to power through. We're going to learn to embrace and appreciate alternative entertainment. I think we came in expecting more wrestling for a wrestling show and should have come in expecting more sports entertainment and comedy. It's it's kind of like an hour long sketch show, really. It, it really just happens yeah, to have wrestling on it. I, I 100% agree with that assessment. Yep. And, and now knowing that, and I, I knew I wasn't expecting, you know, five star classics and the best match ever list, but I didn't know to what extent I was should be expecting that. Now that I'm a little more familiar, I think it can be a little more open, a little more understanding, and enjoy it a little more, too, as we progress. Yeah, absolutely. After going through the first couple of shows, I know where my expectations need to be. 
and now knowing what direction where we're going, this will be a little bit, a lot more palatable. Um, so before we go, uh, Kevin, mm-hmm. what was your line of the episodes? My line of the episode came in from the two-on-one match of Mountain Fiji against Beastie and Habana with the line from the announcer of, quote, a Cuban has been hijacked by an airplane. Wow. Somehow that made it on TV. Classic, classic, (laughs) classic. All right. Educator, what do you want to say to the people out there? We appreciate your guys' support. We uh, love the fact that you're willing to stick with us on this weird pivot due to the transition of the WWE Network uh, going over to Peacock. It is our intentions. We will eventually finish that Saturday night's main event season. Hopefully when the material is pushed back on or pushed over to the Peacock Network. As always, uh, please follow and take a look at all the offerings from the Retro Network. You can never go wrong. Lots and lots of content there to keep you busy. And uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for a great show. And look forward to our our run-ins and our next taping. Yeah, and as always, I want to say thank you for listening and being with us. Uh, Glow, the house glow. Um, should be a it's gonna be a little different so uh thank you guys for joining us follow me online as always at Maggie treats and uh yeah mr kevin hellions why don't you take us home all right guys thank you for another great show here thank you to the retro network for hosting us thank you to whether you want to watch this on pluto tv or the tubi apps thank you to those channels for having this content thank you jason gross and richard reader for our logos you can follow us across the internet at TRM House Show. You can follow Matt online at Maddie Treats. You can follow Educator somewhere, I guess, looking at Honky Tonk Man pictures, but he hasn't revealed where yet. You can follow me online at Mass Library, and MassLibrary.com is the home blog. <laughs> Go ahead and check out the show notes for Patreon, links to merchandise, all sorts of cool stuff. And, and guys, you know, let's go to Beastie's Beanery here. You know why the coffee at Beastie's Beanery tastes like dirt? Tell us. Because it's freshly ground. That's nine. <laughs> Got my over, baby. <laughs>